When you call on the Lord, something always happens. Something always happens. It's not always exactly what you expect it to happen, but something always happens. God is like that. He's a God who answers. It talks about in Jeremiah that, that call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you did not know. It's, it's almost as if God is saying from the very beginning of time, Lord, that he is available, that he is, he is ready to answer the cries of our hearts, the needs of our lives, the questions we have, everything, everything that is out of alignment. He's, he's ready to come and be a part of fixing that. He's that good. And he delights to be involved. That's what's so great about it. He's not this distant, far away God. But certainly when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about God near, God here, God with us, God alive, God in us, God through us, God present, God able, God interacting, God with us, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I don't know what your story is or where you've come from or what church you've been at, but certainly I know my story with the Holy Spirit. And certainly when I first, when I grew up, should I say rather, when I grew up in the church, I grew up, you know, it's not like they denied the Holy Spirit. It's not like um, they didn't admit that the Holy Spirit was part of the Trinity, but no one ever really talked about him. So you never heard about him in a sermon, you never, no, no one called on the Holy Spirit, no one invited the Holy Spirit, no one kind of um, made room for the Holy Spirit. He was just like a non-entity. Do do, can any of you relate to that? There was just like a non-entity. Then some of you might have come from churches where, you know, when they talked about spiritual things or Holy Spirit, it was, it was like craziness, you know, stuff happened, it was wild and crazy, and maybe that made you feel a bit afraid. It's like, what is this? Who is this? What is this? But the Bible is, is so very clear about who Holy Spirit is, and we can journey with Him, and we can find out about Him, and He takes us at the right place. But ultimately, ultimately, God wants to manifest His power on this earth to set things right. God wants to manifest his truth on this earth to set things right. God wants to manifest his love on this earth to set things right. And sometimes in order to do things, some crazy things have got to happen. You know, I, I, I remember when I first came to know the Lord, some of you might think I'm still like this, but compared to how I was then, I'm very different. I feel like I was a bit of an uptight person. You know, I feel like I was just like always, I, everything had to be absolutely perfectly right. My children do think I'm still a little bit like this. But, but you know, I was just, I feel, like, I feel like there was no fun in life. You know, everything was a job and it had to be done now and it had to be done right. Any of you can relate to that or you have, you have someone in your life that's like that. But, but that's kind of the kind of person I was. And when I discovered Jesus, yeah, you know, he changed me, but I still was pretty much like that. And then one day I met some people who were so full of joy and so full of life and so alive in God. You know, I, I thought when I look at my life and all the things I'm worried about and everything that has to be right, I feel like in comparison to their life, my life sucks. And I thought, you know, whatever that is on them, that's what I want. That's what I want. And I remember they took me 
um, to a meeting and there the Holy Spirit was manifesting and God was doing things and people were praying for people and they were falling over. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. As they were praying for, these people were falling over. Shock and horror. I was like, what is that? When they came to pray for me, I, I planted my two feet wide and I used all my muscles to stand. You know, they were going to pray for me, but I was not going to fall. You, you, and you know, you know that feeling. It's like, I, I'm a strong person. You do what you can, but I am going to stand. And they came and prayed for me. And you know what? Nothing happened. And I thought yeah, I was going to have to fight them. You know, I thought I was going to have to fight them. You know, they were going to push and I was going to push back. And, you know, I was going to prove that they were frauds. And they prayed for me and literally nothing happened. And I was so disappointed. I was like, I didn't even have to fight. They didn't try to push me. They just said, Lord, bless this woman in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come upon her. And, you know, nothing happened. And I went home and I was so, so disappointed. So they were having these meetings again. So I, I decided I would go again. And, and literally some people, lots of people fell over. Lots of people were laughing. Lots of people were shaking. Have you ever seen a meeting like that, guys? So, so I went and I, I said, okay, pray for me again. I'll go again. But this time I thought, well, you know what? Seeing as they didn't push me last time, this time I'm going to be a bit more relaxed. This one time I'm going to say, to, I'm going to actually say to the Lord, Lord, do whatever you want to do. So they prayed for me. And God did whatever he wanted to do. So I was standing there and you know what? I, I had my eyes closed and suddenly I felt this, just this peace flood my heart. You know, I was just like, oh my word, this is so beautiful. I don't know what it is, but I just feel happy. I just feel alive. I just feel, oh, so relaxed. And I kind of like, I kind of like leaned back to enjoy the moment. And next thing I was on the floor. I was like, okay, okay, I, I can handle this. So I, I lay there, I lay there for, and you know, I felt a little bit embarrassed, I have to be honest. So, so I thought if I just lay here with my eyes closed, you know, I can just pretend the world doesn't exist and I won't be so embarrassed. So I, I lay there for a while and this just, this feeling, it just came in waves, this feeling of just peace, this feeling of aliveness, this feeling of wholeness. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. So you know when you're standing on top of a mountain and the sun's setting and it's just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It felt like that scene looks. Just like, ah, oh, nice, nice. You know when when you you've been on it's been a hot day and you've been working hard and someone hands you a Coke, a cold Coke. You know that you know you're not supposed to drink it, but you do anyway. And it's just, you know, that feeling of just like cool refreshing just all over you have you have you ever experienced that <laughs> it felt it felt like that and i just i just lay there for about 20 minutes opened my eyes it was one of those meetings where there were still lots of people lying on the floor so so i so i got up and left and just you know i'm not going to tell anybody about this but i'm just going to enjoy it and um and so i just i just felt more of his presence you know what i noticed immediately believe it or not is i noticed that uh, i was just a nicer person with my children you know it's not like it's not like someone sat me down and taught me how to be a, parent, a good parent, but just that experience just made me feel free. I wasn't so uptight anymore. I wasn't so like dogmatic about things. I just felt more peace and more life and more love in my heart. 
And I said to myself, you know, I don't fully understand what happened there, but I do know this, that what God did in my heart was worth it, was worth it, was worth it. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to begin a journey of discovery with the Holy Spirit. I am going to learn how to host his presence. I'm going to learn how to be someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit and obviously lives from that place of relationship with him. I'm going to learn how to be that kind of person because it's the kind of person I want to be. And this has been my journey. And I'm going, to, I'm going to, as I go, share some things with you. But I wanted, to, I wanted to start with a portion of Scripture where Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to his disciples. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit had been around. He would come upon people and they would stand up and do spectacular Exploits. You remember Samson pushing, you know, he was blind, standing between those pillars and, and pushing down the temple of Dagon and killing all the Dagon worshippers. That was when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Um, you have heard some of the prophets in the Old Testament standing up and doing incredible things like calling down fire from heaven whoosh, and consuming the, the sacrifices that, that they had placed before the Israelite people. That was when the Holy Spirit came upon them. But these spectacular things only happened now and then when a certain person, the Holy Spirit, came upon them. They did their spectacular thing, and then the Holy Spirit left. And they just had these, like, isolated moments of glory. But from the beginning of the Bible, from the beginning of the Bible, we are certain of this, that God's plan was never like little pockets of glory, little, little bits of goodness, like, oh, have some goodness. Oh, gosh, you got it? Five minutes, that's all you can have. Goodness, goodness back. You know, God, God is, was not like this little, this mean kind of creator who's just giving you tastes of nice things, but uh, the main course, you can't have it. From the beginning of the Bible, we see a God who wanted to live with people. He came to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He breathed into them and they became living beings. From the beginning of time, God's plan was to live with you, to live in your house, to live in your family, to live in your heart, to live in your soul, to live at your workplace, to go with you into difficult situations and into joyful situations. That was his plan from the beginning of time. He couldn't do it because there was trouble in our soul. And for him to live with us meant that he would have to destroy all the badness in us to make a place for him inside of us. Yeah. And in so doing, he would have destroyed us. So he had to make us right so that he could live inside of us. And Jesus was that make them right action. When Jesus died on the cross, he redeemed you. He took you back from what the enemy, what the enemy had stolen from you. He, he, he grabbed you back into the kingdom of light. He wrestled you from the clutches of the devil and he said, that's mine. And he made you right. And then his, his plan was that as, as he left, he would leave with us 
the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, once again, God himself would come and dwell with us, not just in one man, in one country, in one century, but in all people, for all time, in all places. That he would come and dwell in our hearts and God would be manifest throughout the earth. His glory would cover the earth as, as the waters cover the sea. How would he do that? He would fill people all over the place and he would cover the earth with the knowledge of himself through people filled with his presence. Filled with his presence. So Jesus is sitting with his disciples. They're sitting with his disciples. He's sitting with his disciples. He's in the upper room. And he's, you know, he's just done the Last Supper and he's just washed their feet. He's having this long discourse. John actually takes five chapters to tell the last conversation between Jesus and his disciples. And right, right near the beginning, well, it's quite near the beginning, Jesus then introduces to them the Holy Spirit. He is going to go away. So he's obviously going to be crucified. And he is going to be resurrected. He'll come back to them. But, he, but ultimately, he's going to sit with his father. He's done his job. He's done his job. And he's saying to them, despite the fact that I'm going, I'm going to leave someone with you. That's going to make it even better, even better than when I was with you. He said later, it is better that I go away or it is to your advantage that I go away. In other words, it's going to be even better with you, for you with the Holy Spirit than it was with me. So he starts speaking. We're going to look at verses John 14, 16 to 18 and 26. And he says there, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Everyone take a deep breath because we're going to do a bit of theology. After this, you'll be able to pass a theological exam on the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to do it really quick. Are you all good? Are you all ready? All got your thinking caps on. The Holy, who is Holy Spirit? Who is he? So, you know, the church I grew up didn't talk about him, but I know some churches that kind of dismiss him as a, just a force or just some kind of praise, kind, some kind of the, the manifestation of God's power. Some religions are very disparaging about Christianity that we, we have three gods in one. That's just ridiculous. But the Holy Spirit is God himself. Can you say that? Holy Spirit, you're God himself. One, two, three. Holy Spirit, you're God himself. Four characteristics that mean God is God. These are the four characteristics that God has that nothing else has. The Holy Spirit carries all four of them. First of all, he's eternal. We are eternal in one respect that we will never die. So once we created, we will live forever, one way or the other, with God or without him. God is eternal in an even greater extent than that he always was. He's the only one who always has been and always will be. The Holy Spirit always was and always will be. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. That means he, he carries all power. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. 
Holy Spirit is all powerful. It talks about in Zechariah 4, 6. He's all knowing. That means he knows absolutely everything. There is nothing hidden from him. The Bible says that he, he sees into the deepest parts of your heart. He sees into the biggest issues of the world. He sees into the smallest issues of the world. There is nothing hidden from him. Holy Spirit, as God knows all. And then he is all all present. That means he's in every place. God is in every place. There, you can never hide from God because he was there before you got there. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's all present. Not only is he God, but, you know, sometimes when we think about you know, God's power, we can, we can depersonalize it and we can just think this is just an action of God or something. But Holy Spirit is not just the action of God. Holy Spirit is a person. Why is that important? It's important because that means you can have a relationship with him. You can talk to him. In fact, when you pray every day, you might be saying you're praying to the Father and you're praying to Jesus, but that's the Holy Spirit that you are interacting with. When, when God answers you, it's Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's the relational aspect that, that he brings um, to God, of God to you. He, if you want to say, I, you know, I want a better relationship with Jesus. How do you have a better relationship with Jesus? You have a better relationship with the Holy Spirit. How do you have a better relationship with God the Father? You have a better relationship with the Holy Spirit because he is the manifestation of God on the earth today. So he's personal. He can be grieved. He can be pleased. He can talk. He can reject. He can accept. He's invisible. We understand that. I, I'm just very sorry about that. I would just love to see the Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, manifest yourself now. Lord, let us see you. I would love it if we could just, just in an instant see what God was doing. But he's invisible because he's in spirit form. He's the agent of regeneration. What does that mean? That means that you don't get born again except that the Holy Spirit does it. You can't know God except that the Holy Spirit does it. You can't change except that the Holy Spirit does it. It says in John 3 that you are born again of the Spirit. It means that, that once you were dead, once you didn't know God, and it was Him breathing His presence, His Holy Spirit into you that made you alive again, that made you born again. And last of all, he is co-equal in the Godhead. What does that mean? It means that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have this glorious relationship together. Absolutely one, but absolutely three. Each of them equal in honor, equal in value to each other. I love the story of creation. Genesis 1, the second verse. And it says there that the earth was void and formless. It's like God had put everything in place. He had, he had created the universe, but the universe was still chaotic. He still had to order it and put things in place and, and make it right. And, and it says that the, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. He was, he was there. It's, it's like he was, the Father was standing there and booming out in that glorious voice, let there be light. Have you ever wondered what that sounded like? I mean, there was no English then, so it wasn't let there be light. It was some glorious music coming from the heart of God that said, let there be light. 
and in one, uh, one instance, the Holy Spirit hears the voice of the Father and puts his glorious power to work and hovers over all the elements and light, light, light. What's he doing? He's taking the word and he's, he's making it real. He's manifesting what God has said. Interestingly enough, um, when the Old Testament was translated into Greek, they used a word for that hovering that was the same word that they used for Jesus' um, conception. So when Mary, the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a son. She said, how can it be? I've done the biology classes. There is no way. Things haven't happened that need to happen for me to be pregnant. And God said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the word for him coming upon you or overshadowing her is that same word of the Holy Spirit hovering over her. And this is what he does. He, he, he come, he, he's the one who, when God speaks the truth over your life, he hovers and he, he, he takes all the elements and he makes them work and he creates that truth that God has spoken. He's the one who's at work in your life to bring about the reality of Jesus, Jesus' nature, Jesus' life in you. He's hovering. He's working. He's hearing, he's hearing the commands of heaven and he's saying, be that, be that, be that. There were three phrases I wanted you to notice there. I wanted you to notice that Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will be in you and I will teach you all things. So, you know, when we, when we think about the Holy Spirit and we think about the theology of the Holy Spirit, who he is, the power that he carries, that he's God manifested on the earth today, that he's not less than God the Father, he's not less than Jesus, but he is the fullness of who God is. When God says to me, um, do this, I do it because I, I obey his commands because he's God. When the Holy Spirit says, do this, I do it. Why? Because he's God. So when we see all this great theology of the Holy Spirit, that's great and good, but it's still got to be, I've got to ask the question, what does that mean for how I live today? What does that mean for how I go about my everyday business? And these three phrases, for me, give me a clue of some of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit. And the first great work that he does is that he creates belonging. What does that mean? He, he creates a family and he puts you in it. When you became born again, he grafted you into a family and he made a place for you. God is bringing about through the Holy Spirit belonging in your life. You know, I don't know what kind of family you were raised in. I, I'm not sure how your mom and dad were. But no matter whether they were good parents or bad parents, their primary role was to prepare in you the capacity to love a heavenly father and to be loved by a heavenly father. They, they, they were meant to mirror to you the family of God, the place where you could truly belong the place where you could truly be. So when Jesus said, I'm not leaving you as orphans, he was saying this to them, I'm going away. We've created this beautiful family community and I'm going away, but don't worry. 
I'll be back. As Schwarzenegger said, with much more power, I will be back. I will be back. But even though I will be resurrected, I'll go again, but I will leave. I will leave the Holy Spirit with you. And because of that, you will never be an orphan again. You will always be in a family. Romans 8 says this. It says, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The spirit's job in you is to call out, Dad, here I am. Dad, be with me. Dad, come. Dad, live through me. The, the, the role of the Spirit in you is to speak to your soul and say, you belong. You have a father. You are a son or you are a daughter. Your, the role of the Spirit in, in your heart is meant to make a place for you in the kingdom. How many Christians do I speak to who feel like feel like lone rangers or they don't feel connected or they don't feel a part of the body. And the Holy Spirit's role is, is to graft you in and make you a part and make you stand as sons and daughters of the Most High God. What does that mean to be a son and daughter of the Most High God? It means that you are the place where heaven and earth meet. It means that you are the place through which God moves. Like he sends his sons and daughters as emissaries into this world to manifest his presence. You carry, you carry his name, you carry his authority, you carry his values, and you are called into the world to manifest God's presence through the Holy Spirit in you. I had this wild experience once. I was busy praying and I was... I was praying for, for Johannesburg. Something had been in the news about something in the city center that wasn't great. And I can't remember the details anymore, but I was praying and asking God to come and bring revival in the nation and in, this, in our city. And as I was praying, I had this vision. So a vision simply means that God, God began to show something to me that was, he wasn't showing through my physical eyes, but he was showing through my, my spiritual eyes. And so although I'm sitting in the room and looking at the wall, I'm no longer seeing the wall. I'm seeing a picture of what God is doing. And as I'm watching this picture, I see myself in the picture and I'm standing. I'm standing at the border between heaven and earth. And in front of me, there's the world. There is Joburg. I see the buildings. I see the cars. I see the homes. I can see into some of the homes. And I can see families going about their business. can see some good things, some bad things. And I'm just watching the world go on before me. And then behind me, I just see all the glory of God's presence. It's like this, this, the fullness of heaven behind me. Just his, his majesty and power and magnificence and love and perfection and it's so beautiful and behind me is all of that in front of me is all the world and then I feel Jesus come and he comes and stands behind me and he presses his chest against my back and he takes his hands and he begins to put his he kind of like put his hands into my soul I don't really know how to describe it in any way but he put his hands into me and then he puts his hand one hand through my one arm and his other hand through my other arm and then he begins in this vision to interact the, with the world through my arms, through my hands. And I was like, that's so wild. It's so beautiful and so majestic and so lovely. And then, then I learn in the Bible that when God wanted to use Gideon, you remember 
he was going to destroy the hold of the Midianites over the Israelites. Do you remember that story? And he, he goes in with this huge army and God whittles it down to the small army and they go in and they defeat the Midianites. And so when God wanted to use Gideon, the Bible literally says this, the Holy Spirit came and put on Gideon as a glove. I was like, yeah, God, I know what that feels like. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit in you creates that in you. He comes, he comes and puts you on like a glove. He comes and interacts through the world through you. He brings, because now you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. You're no longer just John, Mary, Jane, whoever, interacting with the world. Now you're a son. Now you're a daughter. And you're carrying his presence and carrying his truth. And he's using you to change the world. What else does belonging mean? Belonging means that the connection that you have, the, the being in his family, being his son and daughter, being called being called one who carries his presence, an emissary of the Most High God, an ambassador for him, someone through whom God works, someone who is about his father's business. It's that this, this place of connection determines your calling. Everyone wants to do something great. Would you agree with me? Is there anyone here who doesn't want to do something great? Is there anyone? We, all, we were all born with this feeling like there's something, there's something incredible that I'm meant to do or there's something significant that I'm meant to do. And for some of you, that, that's a small thing or a big thing. I mean, I, I don't even know the size of it, but it's, meant, it's important. Your life is important. Your life matters but often we run around trying to do great things and just get weary and worn out. Because we're trying, we're trying to perhaps prove to the world that we're great or that, we've, that we're important, but instead God does it a different way. Is that what you are called to do doesn't come from your effort or your wisdom or your education. What you're called to do comes from the fact that you belong, that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. It comes from the fact that you're part of the family. I don't know what your family was like, but I can tell you something about my family. In my family, the people in my family are smart. They know stuff. And really, if, if, I, if I have to say something about the Gosmans, is they are smart smarter than me <laughs> all the time. Conversations at our dinner table, I have to have a dictionary on one this side and an encyclopedia on the other side and Google right in front of me. Otherwise, I'm lost. There are characteristics that mark every family. The characteristic of the family that God has put you in is that we are great. The family, the characteristics of the family that God has put you in is that we are righteous. The characteristic of our family is that we are loving. The characteristic of our family is that we are powerful. Because we belong, therefore we do. 
Because we are in God, we get to do things. We don't do things to prove to God that we're good enough to be in his family. We're in his family, and so we do things. Your calling will come from your sense of belonging. The next thing that the Holy Spirit does is he gives you ability. Why do we love superhero movies? Why do we love them? I mean... You know, there was a time in my life that I, I was quite young, I want to confess that first, but I would run around with a, a cape around my shoulders all the time. Why? Because I had this dream of being a superhero. You know, I was going to um, rid the world of baddies and I was going to make the world a better place and I was going to do it with these superpowers that, that I shot out of my wrists. Yeah. You, ne you never had such a, a dream. But there's something in human nature that we know. We know. The reason we love superheroes with superpowers, because something inside of us says there's more than just our humanity. That, that when we face the world, it's meant to be more than just our own wisdom and our own cleverness. There's meant to be this like spark of power that just, bam, comes into the situation and changes everything. We all know that innately. That it's never meant to just be just what we can muster up in our own strength. That there's meant to be the spark of otherness about us. The spark of power, the spark of energy, the spark of life. These miracles that follow. You were meant to have miracles drip off you. Like a sweaty athlete. I couldn't think of any other analogy. But like, you know, just like, like uh, miracles just sprout out of you left, right, and said, Of course, guys. Now you're saying, is she talking to me? Yes, you are meant to bring the miraculous with you wherever you go. Why? Because he said this, I will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. Whenever there is an, action, an interaction between God and the world, God always wins. God all, God's way always is established. There is meant to be a place where miracles flow through you. It's your portion, it's your nature, it's your inheritance. Why? Because you're sons and daughters of the Most High God. How do you know it? Because He lives in you. Who lives in you? Holy Spirit lives in you. And He's working through you to change the world. He's coming into your workplace to interact with those people, to give you wisdom beyond your years and experience. He's coming into your family to give you power. Just this morning before worship, we were, uh, one of the, the worship, members of the worship team was feeling so ill that she couldn't even stand up. She's throwing up, she had a migraine, she just couldn't, couldn't manage it all. And she, she knew that there is power in the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So she said, pray for me. A number of us laid hands on her and just began to say, Lord, the presence of God that was in me, I release that on this girl. I pray, Lord God, that your presence would come and do what no man can do. And as she's sitting there, I, I see her body start to relax and she starts to kind of like sit up more, more straight. And I say to her, what's happening? She said, oh, the nausea is gone and the pain that was here is going. And so we continue praying and then, she, you know, the pain's just going more and more. And finally she sits up straight, opens her eyes and says, I'm good to go. What is that? 
It's because Holy Spirit in us is the answer to the problems of the world. Holy Spirit in us will change your environment. There is not a problem you will face that God hasn't got a solution for. Thank you, Lord. I don't know why I just feel like sitting there for a moment. There's not a problem in this world that Christ in you cannot solve. You know, there have been some times in my life where some things have gone wrong. Have you had a life like that at all? I mean, it's, or if you just had like really great lives and nothing's gone wrong. But from time to time, I've had some things go wrong. And you know, uh, when I've prayed for the situations, you know, it wasn't always that lightning came out from heaven and zapped the baddies. It wasn't always like that. Sometimes lightning came out of heaven and zapped me, changed me, made me think differently. Sometimes just a grace came on me. Like suddenly, I, before I couldn't cope, suddenly I could cope. Before I didn't have wisdom, suddenly I had wisdom. I'm going to tell you a secret about my early life with my children. I had three children in three years. Andrew also had them in three years, but somehow he did better than me. I had three children in three years, and it was crazy, crazy. I thought for many times that I was, I was, I was going to go mad. Because they were lovely and beautiful children, but there were three of them in three years. You understand what I'm saying? There were three of them. Lovely, energetic, perfect, beautiful children, all clamoring for mom's attention. Three in three years. So I got to the point where I was like, God, I don't, I don't actually know what to do. And he gave me this, he gave me this thing. I, he, he helped me to build a temple in my house in the bathroom. What that meant is that I knew, he said, let's, ha let's have a place where it's just you and me. You know how it is. When you can go to the bathroom and you close the door, even if the children are screaming outside, you know that it's fine. You know, because you're allowed to be in the bathroom by yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's legal. It's legal. I mean, if you're out there with them screaming, you've got to do something about it. But if you're in the bathroom, you can say, I'm sorry I was in the bathroom. So I, I would go into the bathroom, I would close the door, and I would just sit on the floor, because I didn't really need the bathroom. I'd sit on the floor, and I would just go, God, I need your grace. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And something would happen. You know, wisdom would come to me, or suddenly I would just feel calm again, or suddenly he would remind me of how cute Karen is, or how beautiful, I mean, no, beautiful Karen was and how cute David and Joshua were you know he would just he would just remind me or he'd give me a clue of to go sometimes he would just say just take them all for a walk go play cricket you know it, sometimes it was fiercely practical sometimes it was just fiercely unpractical and just lie here and be in my presence that's how I parented my children that's how I survived three children in three years and I, I just want to say this to you and, and sometimes it was go and pray for things. And miracles would happen. Time and time again, no food in the house. Lord, give us food. Bam, God would do it. Someone would arrive at the door with food. This, I don't know if I've told you this before. Three little young children with the game. A game had just arrived in Vintook at that time. And they brought a game paper to our house advertising all the toys. 
we didn't have much money at that stage. I can't remember which one arrived with the paper that they'd collected from the front door. Mommy, 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 we want, look at these lovely toys at game. We want those toys. So Andrew and I, I think we were, were together. We looked at all the toys. They were all, it was way back when, and they were all 99 rand and 99 cents. Not 100 rand, 99 rand and 99 cents. And so we, uh, we said, we, oh, look, we don't have that. But um, how about you each pick one of the toys that you want and we'll pray and ask God. Prayed, ask God. You know, I don't know how much longer it was, maybe an hour, maybe 20 minutes, but it was pretty soon afterwards. There's a, our front doorbell rings. There is a man outside who we know, but not that well. He stands on the front there with his wallet and he says, for some reason I felt like I was supposed to come to your house and give each of your children a hundred rand. <laughs> true story, true story. There are no impossible situations in God. And he lives inside you to give you, I mean, my my children thought Andrew and I had superhero abilities right then. I mean, we were like, like everything. Because we had pulled 300 rand notes out of nowhere for them, for these toys. But God gives you ability that you never thought you had, that you didn't have. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. A question I want to ask you. Will God ever ask you to do something you aren't able to do? Some of you say no immediately because you're like, how could a God be so cruel? But that's not the right answer. God will regularly, regularly ask you to do things that you are not able to in your own strength, that you don't have the resources for. You know what? You know what? He doesn't need, he doesn't need resources to start a business. Well, he doesn't need you to have resources to start a business. He needs your obedience, not your resources, because he's got everything he needs. He can, he can drop bags of gold out of the sky if he needs to. Yeah, that would be good. I'm still waiting for that. It hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Usually he just drops an opportunity from the sky and I do it and it produces finances. But he's, you don't need resources to obey God. You just need obedience to obey God. And as you follow and do what he's saying, he will bring, he will back up your faith with whatever you need. Will God ask you to do something you're not able to all the time? And I would like to propose something to you if you don't mind. That if your dreams can be accomplished by your own activity, by your own wisdom, by your own strength, they are probably too small. They're probably far less than God wants to do through you. Because here's the thing. If you only do what your abilities allow you to do, then who gets the glory? Then you were just being good at who you are. You were just, you were just doing what you're able to do. But if you, if you tackle things that are bigger than you and God comes through, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. God gets the glory. God is speaking into your heart dreams that you're not even willing to whisper to someone next to you because you think, how could that be? 
How could that be? But that's God because he knows that him in you is able. Him in you is able. The last thing that God creates, the Holy Spirit is meant to create in you. How do I know that he brings holiness to your life? Because he's called the Holy Spirit. He kind of names himself by that characteristic, holy. That's how I know he wants to bring holiness in your life because that's his nature. And we have a very wrong idea of holiness very often. We think about it as all the things we're not allowed to do. It's all this list of really fun things that God puts out of bounds. And staying outside of all those fun things means we're being holy. That's not God's holiness at all. God's holiness is everything you can do in him. God's holiness is an empowerment to so much more than you've ever imagined. God's holiness is his nature in you. Holiness means that I am separating myself from the world and I'm adding myself to God and I'm saying, God, let your nature be manifested through me. Have you ever asked yourself this question, who created fun? Just, just, as a, just as an, for interest's sake. I'm going to give you a clue. It wasn't the devil. Who created love? Who created blessing? Another clue. It wasn't the devil. So what does that mean? It means that because God created every good thing, holiness is the most fun thing you will ever do. Holiness is all of the goodness, all of the greatness, all of the courage, all of the love, all of the life, all of the wisdom that you've ever wanted. It's God's presence manifesting in you. It's God's life, God's truth, God's power manifesting in you. It's all of his presence available to you. Holiness is what you have yearned for from the moment you were born. Holiness is that thing that you long for when you lie in bed at night and you feel empty and alone. It's actually holiness that you're asking for. You've confused it with other things, but your heart is longing, longing for the presence of God. We try to fill it with all kinds of other things, but ultimately your heart is asking for God. It's asking for the holiness of God. Someone once asked me what the presence of God felt like. I racked my brains and I had to think about it. And I said, you know what it feels like to me is the presence of God feels like holding on to a high voltage wire, a live high voltage wire. And Allowing that voltage to flow through you without letting go. And just holding on, even though it's painful, it's difficult, it's hard, but that electricity is flowing through you, and you just hold on until there's nothing left of you but the electricity itself. The presence of God feels like life itself flowing through you and as that life comes into you it touches the dead places and it it touches the lonely places and it touches touches the 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 deceived places and it feels painful when you know like when when um when uh, you put medicine on a on an on a wound how sometimes the, you feel that sting you feel that kind of sting as life comes into the bed, dead places but it feels so good you can't let go 
Have you ever been working really hard, been hot and tired, and someone hands you a cold Coke? Have you ever had that? Well, if you hadn't, I hope it does come to you. I, I don't, you, you know you shouldn't drink it, but man, as you drink it, it's just like, ah, you feel the, the rush of uh, refreshing through you. It's a good advert for Coke. Someone should pay me. <laughs> but that's what I feel like the presence of God feels like. It's powerful, it's energetic, it's amazing, it's painful, it's refreshing, it's life-giving all, all at once. And if you just don't let go, you just find your, your whole world being transformed by its presence. Your whole world being changed and suddenly you're a different person. You're a new person and there's life and liberty in the places that where there was death and bondage. Amen. The presence of the Holy Spirit makes you what you weren't before, holy, righteous, pure, good, useful, whole, wise, and complete. And in conclusion, Holy Spirit in you connects you to God, therefore, thereby he defines you, empowers you, and makes you holy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we come and we pray. How many of you would like more of the Holy Spirit? Can you just lift your hands if you want or put your hands in a position of receiving from him? Holy Spirit, we ask, I ask that you would come and fill these people with more of your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're, you're so able to push past our, our small-mindedness or our, our lack of adventure or our whatever it is, our fears and insecurities. Lord, would you come and fill every single person here? As I pray that, you're going to feel a feeling of just peace or energy come upon you. I'm going to ask you to just embrace that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There he comes. There he comes. There he comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can just feel that holiness descending right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, every dry place, would you fill it? Every empty place, would you saturate it, Lord God? Thank you, Father. Every lonely place, would you bring your relationship, your companionship, your life? Every broken place, would you come and strengthen and uplift and fulfill and make whole? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, they just want more of you. They want to live in relationship with you. They want to hear your voice. They want to know your presence. They want to walk with you, talk with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For some of you right now, words will come to mind. And what I'm going to ask you to do is just allow him to speak to you. That's him speaking to you. For some of you, you might have a feeling like, ah, oh, just it's peaceful or it's, it just feels invigorating. That's his presence. And just embrace it and allow it to fill you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you right now are facing some difficult situations, some impossible situations. 
Some of you are feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and picture that situation or tell God about it and just bring that situation before him by saying, Lord, this is what I'm facing. And then I want you to ask, just stay there and say, Lord, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Some of you will have words come to mind. For other of you, you will just feel a, a feeling of okayness. Everything's right. It's going to be fine. And then you just relax and believe that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Filled again, Lord. Thank you, Father. And last of all, I want to pray for some people here. And you just need a miracle in your life. You know, you've done all you can. You've, you've given it your best shot, but you just need a miracle. You just need God to come and do what you can't do. Is there anyone here, you just need a miracle, some kind of breakthrough, some kind of physical change, circumstance, circumstantial change, some relational change? Is there anyone here who needs that? Just raise your hand if you need that. I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want to pray for you. Just stand up where you are. If you need a miracle in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you who are around these people, why don't you just reach out your hands and pray for them? Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, I speak to these places, these obstacles, to the will and way of God in these lives. And right now in Jesus' name, I speak to the physical obstacles and I command you to go. I speak to the relational obstacles and I command you to go. I speak to the financial obstacles and I command you to go. Right now I speak to these seas and I command you to open right now in Jesus' name. Those walls of Jericho, I command you to fall in Jesus' name. Right now I speak to these places of barrenness and I say, be filled, be alive. I speak to these places of brokenness and I say, be healed, be whole. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. These places of doubt and fear in these people's lives right now, in Jesus' name, I command those lies of the enemies to go. No more in Jesus' name. 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 Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Father God. We speak openness, opportunity, open doors in these lives in Jesus' name. In these places of stalemate, of stagnation, where nothing has moved forward for a number of years, I speak to that and I say, you must go in Jesus' name. To the uh, sickness in these bodies, I say right now, to the sicknesses in these bodies, I say right now, be healed. Be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. There's someone right now that you have had problems with one of the 
organs of your body. Right now, I see it, God healing it. Right now, he's just healing it and restoring it. He's making it work where it wasn't working before. There's some of you that you've had some battles with temptation and addictions. Right now, I just see him coming into your life. He's touching that area of your life, and he's saying, no more, no more. I'm here. I've arrived. I've come. I just see him, him cleaning out a room, just taking out all the nonsense and the, and the negativity and the lies, and I just see him just sweeping them away and just declaring my presence, my nature, the fullness of my desire is here right now. From now on, you will feel my desire, not the desires of the flesh. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There are some of you right now, I just see God um, healing a relationship. There's been a breakdown in either a marriage or a close relationship. And I hear the Lord doing one of two things. He's either removing the person or he's changing the person. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just see him acting on that situation to bring resolution. Right now, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For some of you, it's just not knowing where to go. And right now, I just see wisdom from heaven coming. I just see dreams, visions, understanding, op- just an open mind or, or an ability to hear and see what God is doing and saying coming to you right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to make a path in the wilderness. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. I'm going to make a way where there is no way. Thank you, Lord. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we stand with everyone who stood and we just declare your breakthrough is upon them. Your breakthrough is upon them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.